Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to Thursday evening. If you didn't notice Thursday evening, I salute you because you're either hella busy or in the pub drunk after the Lionesses' victory yesterday. Unbelievable stuff. We won't dwell on that for too long, Murph, unless you want to get into the ladies' side of the soccer sport that we <laughs> call the football game. How are you, my man? I'm good, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's Friday or oh, Thursday even. I feel like it's Friday. <laughs> it's been that much of a week. I honestly, like, I've just been neck in it this week with all sorts going on. So it's good. It's good to be. It's good to be here. I love doing these shows. Um, we've got a lot of stuff we've got to do before we get to the season, and especially mm-hmm. a lot more strategy, lots more bits and pieces. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to uh, a long weekend. Uh, week after a weekend after this one, and I've got an extra long weekend because I'm taking Tuesday off as well. So, like, oh, naughty. Um, naughty wife's birthday. So when. We're going. We're doing something for the day, her and I, which is good. So yeah, it's all good. Health wise, trending upwards. Life is getting back to normal. Uh, so yeah, it's all hella good here. Good stuff, my man. Well, before we dive into today's show, I'd like to tell you that there's the bot. The podcast today is sponsored, as per at the moment, by Manscaped. Now, Rush Nation, I do have to let you know, Murph and I were lucky enough to receive their new beard trimmer. I think it's. Twice the size of the lawnmower, Murph, would you say? It's, it is Not a quite, beast- but close. Yeah, it is but a it's... beastly unit. I mentioned on the pod last week that Murph and I were both bearded man. This week I am less bearded man because <laughs> of the hedge trimmer. <laughs> it is, it's got a, how do I describe this? Not an internal clipper sit- setting, Murph. It's got a dial on it, which you turn up and down to change the height of Mo. I suppose so. It's a lawnmower-ish hedge trimmer. Um, It goes from 0.5 up to 10. And I thought, well, I'll stick a 7 on and that'd be like clippers. 
it looked pretty big, the gap-wise, ran it through the middle of my beard, and bosh, the middle was gone. And at that point, I was pot committed, all in. So I thought, number seven from the hedge trimmer all over. It's just, it's because it's so big and powerful, it just, it didn't even hesitate, and it was gone. It, 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 it's an unbelievable bit of nice. kit. So next time, I will be putting it up to the max of number 10 and seeing where that goes, because I did chop a little bit too much beard off. But the new Manscaped product, the hedge trimmer, is just phenomenal have you had a chance to use yours yet no as you can probably tell i've got so i was at the point where i got mine not quite at full growth and i'm probably a lot closer now to this is about the edge of where i like to go um you start, <laughs> no to, more get dangerous. Little, you start to get the little straggle bits underneath and then it starts to itch around this bit here so yep. yeah i think i think probably this weekend i'm gonna dust it off and and give it a go so we'll see what it looks like next week i'm always very weary because i always um the person who cuts it too short um <clears throat> i remember during lockdown using uh bits and pieces um <laughs> cut my hair and it went far too short yeah and that's why that's why it's why i like the lawnmower 4.0 because um when you're doing your your regular trimming in in your other man areas it's it's good because you you don't have to worry about that because you want to go short as possible really um yeah so you don't have to do it as, as often so um <laughs> you can't really go wrong with a lawnmower 4.0 so i'm interested to see how the head trimmer works out we'll see what it'll look like next week um and if it's too short then yeah uh, it, it, it then, was good so you think a 10 okay well, that's uh, good yeah, to know i'm going to start with the 10 uh, well, yeah start at the very top and work your way down um, it's good to yeah. know that you can also take that off if you want to use it as just a strut clipper for your neck and stuff, which I did. Yeah. Um, I, I, see, I, 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 do, been... I do these bits here. So I go, like, basically, I want no hair here, here, obviously up here, and then the back of the neck. And that, Rush Nation, is why you should be watching live on the stream. If you're not, <laughs> head over to YouTube, hit the bell. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell there as well, because apparently they got a new bell feature, which if you click, so it tells you in your inbox instantly when a new episode comes out. If you do fancy getting yourself a lawnmower or a hedge trimmer or the handyman or any other, the creams, lotions and potions they've got over at Manscaped, go get yourself something. Punch in five yards as your discount code. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. And you can look, well, as box fresh as I do and Murph will in the next pod, hopefully. <laughs> Use it on a 10. Right, Rush Nation. Today's pod, we're doing best draft picks by round according to Sleeper ADP, which is available to see on Fantasy Pros, if you want to go and have a look at that, if you're not using Sleeper right now. Murph and I are going to be doing PPR and Standard, just to make it even a little more tricky for me. Murph's going to be pivoting. If I choose somebody, Murph's going to fly away and grab somebody else, because he could do that, whereas I haven't got the ability to do that on the fly quite as quickly as Murph has. So Murph, talk us through how this is going to work today. So we're just going to go through Standard 16 rounds. Uh, it's interesting. The ADP is very wonky in ppr very wonky uh especially around round 11 on ppr i'll get to it when we talk about it um so yeah so we're basically going to just do round by round uh each of us going to name we'll alternate on who goes first and second we'll do our standards then we'll do our ppr um picks um so if i go first on standard in uh in round one stocks does first on ppr then we'll alternate it so then stocks do first on standard and i'll do first on ppr that'll be how it works and we'll just go through our favorite picks per round now when we say our favorite picks per round everyone in round one would probably just naturally assume justin jefferson hence why he's a consensus 101 right we're talking about value per round so like 
Justin Jefferson cannot go any higher than one. So, <laughs> you know, for him, for him to have the unbelievable season that he could have, he's going to finish where he's expected. So the value of that isn't, isn't, you know, it's not his fault. He's at one. It's just the way it is. So it kind of just takes away the the point of, but I mean, obviously for most people, he, he, he would be everyone's favorite pick in round one, but that would be kind of boring. Where I'm going is value, where I think they're going, where they could exceed their ADP and exceed their positional ADP. So where they are likely to be um, over positioning, overvaluing, um, or basically they're undervalued and where I think they, they hold their significant value in, in each round. So uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited to do this. I think it's a good exercise for tiers, for rankings, but just to get an understanding. And I'm going to throw some knowledge out, especially on the higher picks. Uh, as to why I think um, why I think they're they're basically undervalued, um, and we'll go from there. So, really when you say no, when you say higher pick, do you mean the higher rounds or the later rounds? The higher rounds. So, like basically, because once once you're getting into sort of rounds nine, ten, eleven, you know, in terms of what they're capable of, it's obviously a lot. Um. It's a lot less, right? They yeah. wouldn't be ninth, tenth, eleventh round picks. So there's, for me, when we get into those rounds, I'll explain why I've got those players there and why, as I will with all of them. But there'll be less of the intense stats because they don't have the same profile. And at the same token, we're shooting upside, so it's about looking at opportunity, looking about um, why they're potentially undervalued by the market and why I maybe am overvaluing them over the market um, and why I think that. So it'd be less around, oh, it's because they achieved this um, yards after contact because it won't be that high. It'll be more about they've got this opportunity cost. They've got this opportunity to have this many targets or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and secondly, where do you think it becomes goes from being chalky? Like which round do you think it goes from being pretty standard? Most drafts will have this amount of players go to when the order of players drafted starts that you really start to see a change in what people think is value and where people should be drafted. Cause you, the first four or five rounds are, are pretty much locked in. Right. I, so first of all, your audio there kind of went, but I'll, I'll sort of recap it that you were saying like, where does the draft stop being chalky and when does yeah. it start to become more interesting in in terms of avenues where you would pick i'd probably say round five i would say in the first four rounds it's very chalky and drafts i've been uh i'm not really seeing a lot of great value in those rounds other than what we're going to talk about where a player might be four or five picks under where they're expected or six picks under where they're expected but there's not a huge deviation between uh where players are going in those early rounds versus where they could go where they're high, you know, high. And, and part of that is obviously pretty obvious. You know, if we're talking about a player in the second round and we're saying this person could be a top six player, I mean, he's probably going at like nine or 10 in the position. So uh, it's kind of like, it's going to get chalky as it, as it is most years in the first four rounds. I think round five on so the interesting rounds for me, when I, when I did this exercise and I went through it, I found round five, round six, uh, I loved round seven. I think round seven is a complete well. I think there's so much value in round seven that I think you can go so many different ways. And I think the chalk will follow and the consensus and chalk will follow a certain route. And I think you can scoop up and get huge 
potential value. In fact, there's players going in round seven that shouldn't be going in round seven. And that's where I think the draft becomes interesting because I think you can slightly reach on a few players and do really, really well. Um, and I think I think it's okay to start reaching for players from round five. I think at that point, you're looking for ways to complete your roster in the best way possible. And I think if you reach by a round, who gives a monkeys? I think it's hard to <laughs> I think it's hard to reach in the early rounds because it's it's so chalky. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to reach um, and be happy that you reached. Um, but I think after the round five, I think you can go a lot of different ways. People are going to dip into the the pits, the pits Goddard and um, uh, the, the, the Kittle kind of TE market. And you could effectively find different ways to build your structure. Same way that's when the quarterbacks, when you start seeing the run of quarterbacks, you can either go and take one of those quarterbacks or you could fade and then talk about that as a strategy and then continue to load up and, and get value. So when you start seeing these other positions start to come in, the tight ends of quarterbacks, that's, and that is roundabout. I mean, the quarterbacks tend to come off the board anywhere from, you get the first two in round two, then you get maybe one in round three and they start to come off around round four, round five, round six. And then you add the tight ends in the mix at the same sort of range. And then that's where you create the pivot point. So that's again, why it becomes less chalky because you've got more, positions people tend to draft on what they think is positional need versus actually what value is on the board right last question before we start how many standard leagues do you play in uh not many uh okay. i am gonna propose three because we're think, doing 16 four. we're doing 16 rounds right two of us 16 rounds i think we should just do ppr and if it lands this pod lands and people enjoy it we could do a short standard one of who we think where because I think to give each pick time to talk about I think we're going to run super long if we do both could do um, unless you really think there's value in, in seeing this from both sides of the coin and then we can, I we think, can just I rattle think, through it the reason I think this is and we can maybe rattle through and do a little bit less so I, I think there is because one the ADP is so different and it, yeah. in not just the ways of oh well wide receivers are going later um, but actually, it's just a massive difference in sleeper ADP on um, on standard. Like it's it's really mental how big it, a difference it is. Um, so I'm part of the exercise is to show the difference in ADP in formats because I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I think we could we could do less time on them. But I do think it's interesting because some of the players I put in standard, you could effectively put them in PPR as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's start then. In standard, yeah. who's your round one bargain? And then, spoiler alert, it would have been mine had you not chosen it. Uh, yeah. For me, standard. So you, you got to go running back early. Um, so for me, I've gone Saquon uh, Barkley. Uh, so he's going off the board at nine, which in a standard league I think is ridiculous. I think that's so late in a standard league. I, I in a standard league, I think unless you're taking Cup or Jefferson, I don't know why you take a, a wide receiver in round one because you're not getting the value. So I thought I find that interesting in its own right. So at nine, I think he's a huge value. Um, if we're talking about Saquon Barkley, he's due massive touchdown uh, positive regression. So I wrote about this on five yard rush this week. Uh, so you can read about that on five rush.co.uk. I've also written about it on fancy pros, um, but there's some pretty graphs on the five yard rush version. So you should definitely go check that one out. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. He was sixth in, 
targets, total targets, which again in standard doesn't necessarily mean as much, but if you think about utilization and volume, it's there and that will increase. Um, he'll go higher than that. So for me, Barkley is just a screaming value. You know, the one thing that he missed in his game that, that stopped him from being a really true elite talent was the, the touchdown numbers. So I have him to like positively regress a significant amount, like a, a significant amount of touchdowns. So um, read the article and see why. I think that's important. And um, when you factor in those touchdowns, he, he would have been right, right up there in terms of running back two, running back three. So he has a running back one ceiling um, in him as well. So, and that offense will only get better second year under Brian DeBall. Um, so I think, I think they're only going to get better. And it's not exactly like it's wide receivers there that have got, <laughs> they're going to give him competition for targets. So, yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. My, my pick is pretty much exactly the same, except it's Nick Chubb and he's, currently the last pick of the first round in a 12-man league on sleeper and it is exactly the same reason take a running back in the first round because you don't get those reception points Christian McCaffrey yes he is the best running back in fantasy football but does have injury problems Austin Eckler not entirely sure what's happening there in San Diego is he going to get the same workload if Bijan Robinson doesn't catch the football as much as we think he's going to in Atlanta that could be a problem for him Saquon Barkley was taken so then that leaves me with Nick Chubb at the end of the first round huge value for a a standard running back. Yeah, I get that 100%. I think that makes uh, complete complete sense to me. So I, I think definitely those guys have, have huge value. Um, and there's no Kareem Hunt where either. Being taken so... No. Okay, let's do some PPR in the first round, Murph. Who have you, you might as you well go. go first. In No, 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 it's fine. You, you do both and then I'll follow up. Go on. Okay, so I, I've got Cooper Cup, a uh, pretty obvious choice here. So he's coming off the board at seven, which, again, in PPR, I think is mad. Um, <laughs> he's coming off the board behind Jamar Chase, which, you know, the only thing I can assume is people are scared about the injury, um, which I don't understand. I don't know. I don't I don't understand that too much. Um he's clearly going to be ready for week one um, and he's playing in an offense where he's got no, he's got no competition for for targets. I I think the injury worry is because people hear soft tissue injury and they're all at the hamstring and they're, they're panicked about the soft tissue, but I I, like you, I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy who in 2021, when he had that record breaking season of 1947 yards, um, you know, he had 31.7% of his team's, targets that number did decline in 2022 um obviously due to the amount of games he played uh versus not played um but he still had you know a really significant number doesn't drop many high volume player um he's going to catch a lot of balls if he's fit for the entire season i mean in his in his season in 2021 145 catches um, which nobody got last year. I think Justin Jefferson was the only one that got relatively close, and it was 128. So he was still, you know, close to 20 short um, <clears throat> on that season. He's got no competition for targets. Uh, the other thing is, it's really important is in terms of we talk about this, uh, but first read target leaders. So basically, in terms of he's the first read on the team. He gets 38% of the first reads, um, which is a huge wow. amount. He's second only to uh, another player I'm going to talk about in a minute. So, you know, in terms of the first read, 38% of the time, it's huge. So, yeah, he's going to be a huge uh, target volume, TD uh, monster. 
he's he's my wide receiver one in this format. So it's absolutely fair. Cooper Cup is a, is a monster, like you say. I, for me, I'm just I, I feel as if the value is at the end of the round in in the first few rounds, just because you're you could be snapping up somebody's lost. Uh, place if that makes sense so somebody's passed on somebody to take somebody else and and for me that's Barkley he's slid to 10 in sleeper and for everything you said Murph he's gonna he could well be the RB1 so to get him as the RB3 at the 10 spot in the first round if you're drafting at the end of the first round I think that's and you're gonna go one RB and then come back for one of the wide receivers early in the second it's it's Saquon Barkley all day for me here in PPR just because of what Murph said earlier yeah, uh, and I totally get that, and I think that makes a lot a lot of sense. Um, again, I think he's going to be a huge monster this year, and I think his receptions are going to go up, and his red zone receptions will go up, and I think he'll be a lot more utilised in in the final third uh, in the red zone, uh, etc. So I think, yeah, massive. Okay, do you want to stay with PPR as we're on that page, or do you want to reload the page? And, and... No, 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 we can go. We can go. Um, we'll stay on PPR. So I, I've got Devontae Adams. Uh, in the second round. So he actually leads first three target leaders, um, 39% last season. So 39% of all uh, foes <laughs> went to him. Um, wow. He also had 32.3% of the team's targets, which led all receivers uh, in the NFL last year. So I don't understand this regression. And we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to rehash it in Devontae Adams's ADP. I just don't get it. The only thing I see some regression in him is I think he, will receive some touchdown regression. And I think he's probably, I have him down for about four TDs less. I think, but I, I think that's against the mean, but I think because he's an elite player, I think he will always overperform by two. So I think these elite players will never be the mean, right? So they're always going to overperform slightly, but I think he even overperformed what he should have done. So I, I'd say for me, Adams is, is probably on the same volume going to receive two less touchdowns uh, this year which is 12 points. It's not a huge dent. I just don't understand why he's got, for me, he's got a better quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a more accurate quarterback. Um, They're second year in the system. So he's going to be better. I don't understand this regression. I don't understand why he's going off the board at 15. Like I I don't get it in PPR. Like I, I don't understand his ADP. For me, he's a fringe first round player, if not first round player completely. So I, I've been in leagues where he's fallen all the way to like 2022 20, and I don't get it. Like I'm snapping him all day yeah. long. I'm snapping him. Like it makes, it makes no sense why he is as far back as he is. Um, I just think he's a man for me easily could be a top three receiver this year. No, no doubt about it. Um, and I think maybe it's just the hate of the system he's in, but who cares if he's getting the ball? I mean, You've got a guy getting nearly a third of his team's targets. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just, just opportunity alone, he's going to absolutely ball out. Yeah. So, like, you know, for me, I for me, you know, I, I can see why people will go chase or um, I can see why people would go uh, hill, maybe. I, I, you know, I, for me, can, can easily go Adams over hill and Adams over chase. ADP is obviously not like that, um, but I, I think for me, the only two that I would say are clear above Adams in my mind are Jefferson and Cup. I think anyone else, I think you could throw an argument over the next four, I'd, and I'd throw Diggs in there. Those four, I think you can throw an argument into 
which one finishes as the wide receiver three. And I don't think you'd be wrong until the end of the season when obviously there will be a wide receiver three and it's going to be someone random. <laughs> and Could we're all that... going to be wrong. Well, that segues nicely then. So mine, I've got... I've got two that I want to bring up. Murphy. Garrett Wilson, could he be top? Could he be top five wide receiver? Do you think this season is is the ceiling there for that as a possibility? I so I don't think so, and I don't think it's anything to do with Garrett Wilson. I think the two things I worry about there: one is the change in offensive coordinator, and two is Aaron Rodgers' arm. So I watched Aaron Rodgers last year. I'm not sold that that arm is in pristine condition um there's a lot of throws that went short um and he underthrew a lot of passes last year packers fans weren't that disappointed to see him go because they knew there was a declining talent there and i'm not people i've got this reputation of like an aaron Rodgers hater and that's fine i'll own that to a degree i don't hate him but i think he's massively overrated um and I've said this many times, I'm not going to rehash. My point is he is a declining asset. That arm is not in as good a shape as it was. And I think that's going to be restrictive to the outcomes that Garrett Wilson will have, especially in matchups. Um, and I think that will be the only difference. I think a lot of people think that he's getting a huge QB upgrade. I think he's getting a QB upgrade because Zach Wilson, terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I'm not being funny any any QB was an upgrade on Zach Wilson in the NFL. I, I genuinely never understood why he went at two. And um, I think that, yeah, there'll be a better quality of pass in the short to medium range. But I think what Wilson does have over Rodgers, which is shocking, um, is the longer ball. Because he's younger, <laughs> he's healthier, he's got a better arm. Because Rodgers has thrown a lot of passes. It's not a yeah. slight on him. It yeah. is where he is. But he is a declining talent at the position and so i just think garrett wilson for me is capped he's not you know you think about the guys ahead of him so you think about you think about tyreek hill he's got two which i know two is not a big gunslinger but he has got an accurate throw you think about burrow you think about chase he's got burrow he's got a great arm you think about Diggs, he's got allen he's got a great probably the best arm in the nfl um that, that's the difference that's yeah, going to be no, what yeah. caps wilson but that again this isn't a talent slight. This is nothing on Wilson. If Wilson was playing at the, the Bills, if he was playing at the, at the Bengals, I'd absolutely say this kid's going to be top five in the position because he's got all the tools. And he will outperform where perhaps he should do in that offense because of his talent. So I'd easily think he's a top. He could, he could make a top eight case all day long for, for Garrett Wilson. Um but I, I think he's going to struggle to get into the top six just because of the, the players ahead of him and the offences that they play in. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to... Uh, so, Garrett Wilson's going 19 currently on sleeper. My pick here, I think a value pick, if you are picking in the start of the first round and have taken a wide receiver in PPR, Josh Allen is currently 22 in sleeper ADP at the end of the second. Now, if you want to get an elite QB, you're taking Mahomes or Allen in the second. That ADP is locked in right now. Mahomes is at the start of the second, and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are 22 and 23, which is the... Is there a round difference in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? 
I'm not sure that that's worth paying up for that early second for Patrick Mahomes when you could get Allen late in the second. And if you've already taken a wide receiver and you want to get a wide receiver one, a quarterback one, and a running back one, I'm just going to go with my round three pick here, Murph, quickly, and we can skirt yeah. back to it. It's Najee Harris. His ADP is currently the 29th pick, so third round. I think he's got a case to be top six running back next year. And I think yeah. you lock yourself in with a running back one, a wide receiver one, and a quarterback one, as we've talked about earlier, Murph, getting those positions, that the players in those positions that you want. You want a running back one in your running back one slot and so on and so forth. And I think if you do that, the value of Josh Allen and then Najee in two and three, I think is just is, is locked in here for me. I think the value is perfect. And I think you could be getting the QB one at the end of the second, as opposed to the QB one at the start of the second. And that is value if you're going off the quarterback there. I don't hate that at all. I'm a big fan of Najee Harris. Um, that offense will only be better this year. So yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, so I'll go into round two for um, standard and then I'll jump into round three in standard. Uh, or do round three PPR, then round three standard, and that'll give you some time to regroup and get your picks. So round two standard for me, I've got Derek Henry. I, again, we're talking about another player who I don't understand his ADP. He's going at 17 in standard, which is middle of the first round. And uh, middle of the second round, we're talking about a former two-time rushing champion. The only query on Derek Henry is his age. That's the only thing. It's the only reason... Why? Because people are betting at some point the wheels are going to fall off. And guess what? At some point the wheels are going to fall off. And if that's where you're hedging your bets this year, I, I, and that's what you believe, then that's fair enough. But we're talking about a guy, and, and people are saying like last year he wasn't as good, he wasn't that explosive. It's absolute nonsense. He was the RB leader in yards per carry on three yards or more to go when there was only six players in the box. And he averaged 6.72 yards per carry when there was only six defenders in the box. Now, Obviously, when they see Derrick Henry on the field, they're going to put seven, eight in the box, which makes sense. But at the end of the day, when he's got those open opportunities, when and, and Tennessee didn't have that wide receiver threat last year, they do this year. You've got Nuke Hopkins. I know Traylon Burks might miss a couple of games now with injury. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden you've got Burks and Hopkins on, on either side. You, you're going to struggle to put eight in the box because you've got to go and cut because you, all of a sudden you're going to give Nuke a one on one or you're going to give Burks a one on one. You can't do that. So getting eight in the box is going to be very, very hard um, when you've got those weapons, which is why they went out and got Hopkins, because they realized that actually their best threat is still Henry through the middle. They're still going to run the ball uh, a heck of a lot. Let's also talk about the fact he's, um, you know, again, people saying, oh, he's going to slow down. The wheels are coming off. He led the RBs in broken tackles last year with 35. He was second in rushing yards after contact with 803. I see no evidence that the wheels are coming off this guy. None. No. He's better than every running back in the NFL right now in, in most metrics. So, yes, at some point, the wheels are going to come off. And do you know what? When I start to see the evidence they're going to come off, then I'll agree with the take. But based on last year's performance, absolutely not. So give me, give me Derek Henry in the middle of the second round. I'll have him every day of the week, twice on Sundays, especially in standard. He's a cheat code in standard. Thanks very much. He's an absolute steal. He should be going top six in standard easily should be he, should, he will probably end up be the number one uh, the rb1 in standard this year uh running back ones jonathan taylor do we think he plays a full season murph uh yeah 
Okay, well, if, if that's the case, Jonathan Taylor is going currently as the first pick of the second round and has top three running back upside. And for me, if I've gone in standard, if I've got Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor as my first two picks, I'm I'm all about hero, I'll be here. And I've, the value at the start of the second is phenomenal. I mean, Jonathan Taylor went the 4-6 in our FFCC draft, which is stonking value. Uh, it just didn't get oh, back yeah. to me. Um, well, yeah, and, and I think a lot of that was down to he was on the pup, and then they had all the talk come out. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He came back to training. He's been excused. There's a family matter. The excuse has been uh, authorized. It's known. So clearly there's something going on in his personal life that has to be dealt with. Um, I see no reason not to take him. Um, could be wrong. We could be sitting here a month from now going, well, that was stupid advice. But I think he plays all. I think he plays most games. I think he, I'm reluctant to say he plays every game because you're always going to get injuries, uh, running backs. I think you've always got a bat. I talked about this when did, uh, we talked about strategy. I always mark them down for a couple of games. I think each running back I always put down two, three games as, as a missing absence because of injuries, knocks, COVID, all these sorts of things. So, um, but I, I think he plays the majority of games. I think you play 15 plus. Uh, that's kind of where I've got him, that 14, 15 game range. So I, I'm like not worried steal, about him. Yeah, I, I absolutely steal in the second round. I've taken a lot of him. So I'll go into standard for the third round. Uh, I've got DK Metcalf here. So I, DK Metcalf's going at 33. Now, again, you'll get a theme with some of my picks here. It's volume. And people are going to talk about JSN. We've talked about JSN. I'm not going to do it again. I don't think he's going to make a big impact, Um, you know, in, in his first year. Again, not slight on talent. I just think that he's going to, basically, they're going to retool this offense when Tyler Lockett goes um, and change the way that they do this. Until then, Metcalf last year had the most end zone targets amongst wide receivers with 22. He had four more than any other wide receiver. He was second amongst all wide receivers with red zone targets with 27. Only Justin Jefferson had more who had 28. So we're talking about volume where it counts in the end zone, in the red zone, at those big opportunity plays to score touchdowns. So for me, it's very simple. DK Metcalf is getting all the looks where it counts, which is scoring touchdowns. And I don't see any reason with JSM why that would change this year. So for me, DK Metcalf, backing on him to score those touchdowns. Thanks very much. Let's, uh, let's roll with him at 33. Sorry, mate. A bit of commotion in the background. All good. Um, so round three, yeah? Got to go. Yeah, round three standard. And you've done your round three in PPR, so I'll do my round three in PPR afterwards. And then we can pivot to round four. Round three. Wow, this is tricky. Yeah. I'm trying trying not to do it as if I've built my team already, trying to pick. It's very difficult to not do this with a draft hat on. Okay. I, I... Something about Mark Andrews here is telling me that Mark Andrews in the third is value, but I feel like I should wait a little bit for some tight ends. I, it's your call. It's your list. <sighs> yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I think Baltimore are going to throw the ball a lot more, and there's not much more there as Tom's red zone threat than Mark Andrews, and he's got it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Mark Andrews, third round. I think if I'm going for a tight premium tight end, and I get him in the third in standard, I don't hate it. Okay, I get that. I think that's. Uh, I I I don't. I'm not a big tight end guy up that high. 
unless it's Kelsey, but I mean, I totally get the logic. If he gets the volume this year, then yeah, he's going to be a steal at that price. That's for sure. So, I mean, Murph, don't feel like you have to say yes to all of my picks. If you <laughs> want to lambast me for any of these picks, no, I, I, like, I'm very clear that I, I don't see the value in tight end that high. Um, but I do think in the Todd Monkin offense, um, I do think they throw the ball more. I think that you're right to assume that there'd be better market opportunity there. So, um, no, I, I do get it. Um, I just I can't do it, but I understand why others do. Um, I'm going with in PPR Brees Hall. Um, now I know there's some injury concerns, but he's back. And then I know people are worried about Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't because he'll go down pretty quickly as he always does. Um, however, you know, let's talk about the absolute talent is Brees Hall. I know he was injured last year, but of uh, all the running backs with 80 rushing attempts or more last year, Hall led all those running backs with 5.8 yards per attempt, which is massive. Um, he had five red zone targets in just seven games, which was sixth. Uh, amongst red zone targets per game amongst all running backs. So again, he's getting the ball where it matters and the uh, where he's getting passes. That will only get better when it's Aaron Rodgers down there. That offense will take a step forward, at least in moving the ball down the field. Um, so for me, Brees Hall looks like going to be an absolute monster. I'm not worried about the plethora of running backs that are behind him because there's only one that's got the talent that is... Uh, uh, Brees Hall, so I think he's going to get worked absolutely everywhere and cream it. Yeah, I, I just think there's so much going on in New York now. It's it, it could be a worry, but he, the talent is explosive to say the least. Okay, round four, PPR Murph. Well, it's starting to get tricky. My brain is starting to hurt thinking about this. Okay. Are you are you are you going first here? Uh, it's up to you. Well, you you went with Brees Hall. Go on. You you lead. Um, okay. PPR and then we'll get well, back I, to uh, For me, it's really simple. It's it's Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel is a greatly underrated player. Um, we're talking we're talking about especially this year. You know, he forced forty six missed tackles last year for, in what was a down year for Debo Samuel. Forty six missed tackles. The next nearest wide receiver was AJ Brown with twenty two. Like that is ridiculous. Like how many missed tackle over double the next uh, the next wide receiver. So he's not just getting into space, but he absolutely exploits um coverage where he's literally um the reason he gets the ball so much in zone coverage is because they're able to exploit that space in between where you've got those guys that are a bit hesitant do they go one way or the other and if you give Debo Samuel just one quarter of a yard he's going to absolutely snap you and that is why he gets the ball so much more often in zone than he does in man um and they man they tend to split it a little bit more they'll go with Ayuk or they'll go with um Christian McCaffrey now the stat that gets absolutely beaten over the head of Debo Samuel is well when Christian McCaffrey came he went from having 3.9 uh, rushing attempts per game down to 2.7 okay the guy still leads the team with over seven targets a game and then he's getting three rushing attempts a game. So effectively, he's going to get the ball effectively 10 times a game. There aren't many wide receivers getting the ball 10 times a game. There just no. aren't. So what, what are you worried about? You're worried about he's losing one or two rushing attempts a game? Okay, fair enough. But he's still getting three rushing attempts more than the average wide receiver. Because most wide receivers don't carry the ball. 
So what does it matter that he sees a reduction? Oh no, he's seen a reduction. All of a sudden, he's no longer value. Hang on, he gets more <laughs> more rushing attempts per game than any other wide receiver in the game. Yes, okay, it's less, but he still gets them. I don't understand. Like, it, it's like saying to a kid, right? Okay, for your treat, you can only have seven skittles <laughs> instead of the ten that you were going to get if you had a full packet. Whereas the next kid doesn't get Skittles. It's like, which which kid would you rather be? The kid with seven Skittles or the kid with none? Yeah, yeah, okay, at one point he probably had ten. But he still gets seven. The other kid's got none. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why it's a bad thing. It's, okay, he's got some regression. Oh, no, he's got some regression. Okay, he still gets more work than anyone else in the rushing. Oh, just, that argument just doesn't sit with me. As you can tell, I get riled up by it. <laughs> Take Debo Samuel. He's going to be a top six wide receiver this year. Taste the rainbow with Debo Samuel. Yeah. All other confectionery uh, treats are available at your local <laughs> uh, confectionery shop. But if you do want to sponsor us, Skittles, we're fully open to that as well. Uh, okay. Mine is going to be Calvin Ridley because I Love think, uh, I just think he's going to be the alpha receiver that we thought he was going to be. We, I talked about this last a couple of weeks ago at, when Atlanta, he was Atlanta when he came into the league and we thought he was going to usurp Julio. But I just, I think there's an absolute value here in the fourth round. I think he, he could be top 12 wide receiver. I've seen him in practice. Sunshine's looking good. The Jags are looking good. And I think just in the fourth round, beast mode, Calvin Ridley. Love that. I have that. I have him as my standard pick because in standard, he's going at 42, which is mad. His first three seasons in the league, Ridley got a minimum of 60 grabs for 820 yards and seven touchdowns in each of those seasons. In his 2020 season, he posted a career high in receptions, 90, a career high in targets, 143, and a career high in receiving yards, 1,374. He basically, across those three seasons, he had a floor of 184 PPR points. So, okay, less in standard. Um, still around about 120-ish uh, points in standard. Um, but in PPR, um, 11.5 fantasy points per game is what he averaged. So in standard, it's a little closer to nine, um, which in standard is pretty good. Um, and he's just phenomenal, as you say, and he's going to be on a better offense than he was in when he was in Atlanta. So, yeah, give me all the Calvin Ridley all day long. Yes, there's going to be some ring rust. Yes, it's going to start slow. Yes, the first two or three games could be quite average. I don't care. Give give me him in playoff time, baby. He's going to be he's going to win us rings. He's going to win the ships. He's going to be a league winner. Yes, absolutely sir. nailed on. If he stays healthy, <clears throat> if he can shake off the ring rust, he's going to absolutely be a league winner. Love it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My my pick is the last pick uh, at pick 48 of the fourth. That's DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's complete opposite to you, Murph. I think with Traylon Burks possibly missing time, there is nobody else apart from a conqueror to throw the ball to. And DeAndre Hopkins is still an elite wide receiver. Tannehill's no mug. We've seen him with AJ Brown and he was acceptable as a wide receiver. And I think Nuke Hopkins' talent as the wide receiver 21 and pick 48, I... It could be top 12 instantly for him in Tennessee, I think. And that is value right there. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. Um, 100%. I think he's got uh, elite up, upside. Um, the only thing I, I go with Duke Hopkins is just adjustment to a new offense. Um, we saw him struggle a little bit in, in Arizona when he did adjust to that new offense. But he, as an elite player, should overcome that. But that's my only concern. It's just that adjustment. Let me add some um, more concern, Murph. So I'm going to go round five. I'm going to go Cam Akers as the running back 22, okay. pick 58. I think, what was it, last three or four games last season, he was top five running back in, yeah. in Los Angeles, and there's no one else there now. I just think no. people are overlooking Cam Akers massively here. And in 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 standard, bring it on. Yeah, look, I mean, I think, the only reason you're not taking Cam Akers is his injury profile. It's very different to, we've said, don't worry about injuries um, because it's been like one injury. Um, you know, Cam Akers last year, first of all, he, he kind of was dropped um, at the start of the year. There was talk about trades. It was a bit uncomfortable. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, he has a small injury in there. But, you know, he missed the whole 2021 season. Um, you know, he carried the ball five times in 2021. Um, I guess, you know, there, there's upside and downside. So he's going into his year four. He's only carried the ball 338 times in the NFL. So uh, one thing is, you know, injuries. The second thing is, actually, he's not got that much tread on the tires. He's carried the ball in three seasons, what most running backs would carry in one and a bit. Um, so as a result, he's got that trend, you know, he's got that on his side that there's still a lot of mileage there if he is fully healthy. And as we saw last season, a fully healthy Cam Akers can be devastating. Um, so I like it as an upside shot. And I think his price now overcomes the risk. I think if he was around earlier, I don't think he's worth the risk. But I think of where he is now, he's absolutely worth the risk. Because you're talking about the top 12 running back easily if he stays healthy and he we see what we saw towards the end of last season as you say who's on that team from an offense you're looking at he's got no one behind him who's challenging him and then receiver wise it's cooper cup uh higby and van jefferson not we're not talking about a stellar cast of of players that he's going to be competing with so yeah i'm totally with you I, i get it I get why people are passing because of that <coughs> history. But I think if you have, I think in round five, he's worth a risk. There is a player I like more in round five, which is, which is Damian Pierce. 
I love Damian Pierce in this round. And I don't, again, he's another player I don't get. I don't get why his ADP is where it is. So Damien Pierce is tied amongst running, uh, tied second amongst running backs with over 200 carries last year in yards after contact, which is 2.3 yards after contact. He had the same as Derek Henry, and he had the same as uh, I can't remember. He was point. Josh Jacobs led that category in over 200 carries. So put that in perspective. Right, so after someone has hit him, he still gains two and a third, two and a third yards. Like that's massive. Like that shows you the the talent and also how difficult he is um, to bring down. He was fourth in broken tackles with twenty seven. Now Nick Chubb was ahead of him with twenty eight. He played four games more. Josh Jacobs had thirty one, so four ahead of him. Played four games more. Derek Henry led that category with thirty five. Which he was on pace to kind of be on par with that. If he played four more games, he'd have been there or thereabouts. So we're talking about the guy effectively was second in broken tackles. Again, impossible to break down. If we look at his stat line, so if I I took his 13-game stat line and averaged it over a 17-game season, uh, 327 touches for 1,444 yards and seven TDs. And I think that seven TDs goes up to nine this year in positive touchdown regression. And you're getting that in the fifth round? (laughs) Snap! Every time. Every time I see him in that range. Snap! I don't even care if I've got three running backs at that stage. I'm still having him because he's got top top eight upside. Easy with those numbers. 329 touches, 1,444 yards, seven touchdowns, which I think will be nine. Snap! Every yeah. time. I, I don't get it. Uh, people go, oh, it's a bad offense. Who cares? If he's getting 1,400 yards, I don't give a crap. Like, I don't give a crap of their garbage time yards. I don't give yeah. a crap. When he's getting them, he's getting them all day long. Snap, 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 snap. Give me give me Damian Pierce every time in the fifth round. It's not even a contest for me. I'll take him fifth round in PPR. I just didn't put him there because I wanted to be different. That's fair. All right. Oh, well, on that case, then, I'm going to... I don't know any of the, the stats on this guy, and the new team slightly worries me, but I do think he's got the talent to prevail, and that's Miles Sanders, uh, running back 18 here, pick 52, fifth round. If you've gone wide receiver early, I think Miles Sanders has enough to be a low-end wide uh, running back one, high-end running back two, and I think if you need it at this point, it's a good value as, as the running back 18 off the board. I think he's better than that. I think he's you're getting a few positions there, if not more. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, again, player I love. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. I think he's a solid pick. It's a new offense, but he's got a rookie QB, so they'll rely on him more. I'm not really worried about Tuba Hubbard. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm all on that. Love um, it. I, I've gone with, in PPR, I've gone with Drake London um, in the fifth round. So, Drake London... I know, again, injuries, poor team, but he's one of only two rookie wide receivers who achieved two yards per route, um, or over two yards per route, and over 30% of first three target share. But also, we had a 29.3% um, target share of his entire team, which was third amongst all wide receivers last year. So he had nearly 30% target share. People going, Carl Pitts this, Carl Pitts that. He still had 30%. And so we've talked about this. We talked about the wide receivers at... Um, at Atlanta already. The wide receiver two on that depth chart is Matt Collins. <laughs> the wide receiver three is who knows. Like it, it's the worst wide receiver court I've ever seen in the NFL. Like it's terrible. It's so so bad. I'm getting a I'm getting a feeling stocks that I might lose you in the NFL season to the Atlanta Falcons. 
Falcons or Rich Cooling. Like one of you is going to play for the Atlanta Falcons this year because it's that talent poor at wide receiver. So like Drake London has got a twenty nine point three percent target share, and I mean the best, the second best wide receiver on that team last year was Omaladi Zacchaeus. He's now in Philly, so he's not even there. Like <laughs> he's going to lose touches to who? Absolutely no one. His target share is not going to go down. It's going to go up. He's going to be over thirty percent this year because there's absolutely no one to throw the ball to. Give me Drake London. Again, you're getting a theme. Opportunity, team target shares. I will take the guy with opportunity over almost anything else because guess what? If you get the ball, you make plays. <laughs> it's it's not a hard game to work out once you kind of know what to look at all day long. Give me I, I, I would quite happily suit up for the Falcons for a season. I'd probably exclusively play slot because I'm not tall enough to play outside, but I've got a little that's bit good. of pace. They don't, and... they don't have a slot receiver that's any good, so like you've got every chance. <sighs> Just... I... I'm, I'm there. Phone me up. I'll do it for cheap. I'll be well under the cap. Well, the league, the league, the league minimum is like seven hundred and eighty grand. I mean, that I would do it. For you that. have I to would earn do that with a league minimum. I'd yeah, get I'd... smashed every week for eighteen, seventeen weeks because we're not making the playoffs. Let's be serious. And no. yeah, happy days. All right, Bring I'll get. I'll be your agent so I can take a fee. Um, I'll give you ten percent. How's that? Yeah, great. Happy days. And I'll get an agent sign-on fee from them directly. So Perfect. I'll clear 250k. You'll get 700 and well, you'll get 700k. But I'll get, I'll definitely get some sort of advertisement deal because I'll be that British guy. They love the accent. Oh, yeah. I'm in absolutely. Georgia. Yeah, let's go. Some sort yeah. of peach tea deal would be fantastic. And yeah. Sorted. There we go. Right. Let's wrap That's going to do it because I need to book a flight. <laughs> 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 let's wrap through okay. these so we can give some names and, and brief descriptions I kind of wanted to do those in more detail because um, that's your core that's like your main picks as to why those why those players are our value so we can rattle through so um, I'll do my round six in standard I've got James Connor again you're talking about a former um, RB1 has RB1 upside has absolutely no competition behind him it's it's uh, Ingram because Marlon Mack's gone down so he's going to get all the work. Again, it's injury is the only reason he's down where he is. I'll take the gamble in the sixth round. If you've gone wide receiver heavy, he's a great zero RB target. Uh, so, yeah, love that. In uh, round six of PPR, I've got Chris Godwin. He's going at 64. Uh, again, you're talking about a former wide receiver three overall. Um, better offensive coordinator. We talked about that. If you, don't, if you didn't listen to last week's show, listen to it. Really important about the Nuggets there and why I think they're better. Russell Gage has gone down. So the wide receiver three now is going to be Trey, uh, Trey Palmer. Um, so you need to dig in on him um, and start adding him in some leagues. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just higher opportunity now because Gage was going to operate in that short to medium phase of the, of the field, which is where Godwin kind of eats. So Godwin's going to get more. Kate uh, Otten is going to get a bit more um as a tight end there um and palmer will get some but he's more of a sort of an outside guy as well um so i think you're going to see an even bigger uptake in in godwin he's i think he's criminally undervalued this year in round six yeah so So we're in standard we're in standard and our ppr i was going to go james connor uh you you've touched all of that again if you're going zero i'll be I'll be one upside. And then in PPR, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 30, picks just just before the end of, of the round at pick 71. Constant disrespect on Tyler Lockett and, and Merv said it, JSN isn't going to be the guy this year. And I think if you're after a 
wide receiver two for sure. Tyler Lockett's there. Easy pick for me at 71. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about him before this year. I think he's going to eat. He's not going to get eaten into, but then it's where he goes next year. Um, right, round seven. So I've got Rashad White in standard. He's going Damn at it. 75. <laughs> so like Rashad White for me, I think it's a top top 15 running back um, who I think can fringe on t- uh, on 12. Um, and in PPR, I've got Deontay Johnson, criminally oh. undervalued, the wide receiver 32. He's going at 81 in PPR. Um, this guy was rated uh, as the most open wide receiver in the NFL last year. He just had a quarterback who struggled. Um, again, we talked about him, criminally undervalued. Um, if you listen to our previous shows, Kenny Pickett will be better this year. He's not a, no longer a rookie. They've had more time to work together. So I fancy Deontay Johnson to at a minimum finish as a top 24 wide receiver, but I fancy him to finish probably closer in that sort of 15 to 20 range. Um, so to get him at 32 um, is just mad. Thanks very much. Yeah, they, they, they were my players. If you want me to pivot, I, I will go Javante Williams instead of Rashad White. I think he could have a massive season in Denver when we've seen what Sean Payton can do with running backs. And if he's as fit as apparently he is, I think he could be a steal at pick 74 running back 25 oh man pick 72 to where does that take us to pick 84 math uh yeah the buffalo running back situation is concerning but james cook could be one of the only mouths to feed if it carries on the way it is and i think him at 85 running back 30 is is value yeah um, absolutely. I, I thought about him there. The only thing I think it caps is the TD upside because I think Anna needs it, but I think at that range, she's worth the gamble for sure. Um, round eight, I've gone standard size. I've got um, Evan Ingram at 87. He's going at the tight end eight, and you're talking about a top five tight end last year. I think you'll be a top five tight end this year. Give me all pieces of the Jags offense, wheels up, let's go. Pretty straightforward. Uh, I think he's a value just again to repeat what he did last year. Um, and again, we'll get touchdowns. I think there's a big drop after him for the rest. Um, free move, I think, is great in PPR. Uh, Dulcich, again, great in PPR. I don't see where the touchdowns come from. Um, and that's why I've gone with Ingram. I think from Ingram down is a huge drop. So, um, and then Just, in. Uh, sorry, yeah. Matt, a quick one on Dulcich. Apparently, uh, I heard on the Broncos pod this week, he's not getting the first team reps. Our boy Adam Troutman's getting the first team reps as tight end one. Well, yeah, but that could be more about to show Dulcich about the Peyton offense because the fact that Troutman was in the the Peyton offense. I I wouldn't be too concerned when it's this early. Now, if Troutman starts the third preseason game or second pre, I forget which one is the most important when they've gone from four to three. But if he starts over Dulcich in the one where Russell Wilson starts. Right. So if he starts in the one way, because it was always three, and, and then the fourth one, there was just a, the cut the cut interview, basically, was which guys are going to save themselves from the cut line. Um, if if Troutman starts in that game over Dulcich, that's when I'd hit a small panic button. Um, but there's a reason. You've got to remember, when Peyton had him, he still didn't use him. <laughs> yes, he drafted him, but he still didn't really use him all that much. I'm not that concerned uh, about Dulcich. Okay. So, but we'll see. Time, time will tell. Uh, remind um, me what. Remind me what pick this is, Matt. Sorry. PPR I'll... round eight. I've gone with Deshaun Watson. Um, 
So again, he's going off the board about QB9, QB10 at this range. He's kind of back-to-back with Dak Prescott. Again, yeah. I think he's top five upside. Um, if he Look, I don't like the guy. I don't like what he stands for, but we're playing paper football, not real football. Um, <laughs> so on, on paper, he's a top five, top six QB. Um, in fantasy football, I'm assuming that one of those guys at the top will probably get some form of injury, like a Burrow or a Lamar Jackson, because unfortunately that seems to be the trend that happens every single year. Um, so I think that Watson is likely to sort of creep up into that range as a result. And I think he's the best. Him and Lawrence are the best of the rest for me. Lawrence is going significantly higher. I don't think there's a big gap for me between Lawrence and Watson. And then I think you're going to see a gap downwards towards the Prescotts and everyone else. So given the fact he's going next door to Prescott, it's a no-brainer for me. Interesting. That's fine. Ah, uh, God, this is where it gets difficult, isn't it? I think if I think if you haven't got a quarterback and you won't take Watson on premise here, I think two is a pretty good value if you're after a quarterback who has high upside with what they did last year, and then uh, Jahan Dotson. As Washington's second wide receiver, I think that's great value as a wide receiver, 38, 88 on sleeper. I think at this point we're taking dart throws, and if that Washington offense is a bit more feisty, Jahan Dotson could be could be good value here if you're looking for a late, not late round, but a mid-round wide receiver if you've got a lot of running backs. Yeah, I get um I worry about Dotson with um, TD regression. Because he's due a lot of TD regression. He um, scored a touchdown on 20% of his receptions last year. And that's not going to happen again. Fair. So that's my one thing against him. Um, Round nine. uh, Speaking of Washington, Brian Robinson Jr. I think you're getting the starting running back for for Washington. Uh, The Washington What's-The-Names. If they're going to change the name again, I'm just going (laughs) to forever call them the What's-The-Names because I'm tired of having to... Uh, always have to go through it. Now, Brian Robinson, he is the starting running back. You don't need to worry about him being the starting running back. Like, he's going to be the starting running back. And when you look at his profile, you, this guy got shot last year and only missed four games. Like, <laughs> that's absolutely elite. But again, he had 303 touches last year for 1,200 yards. And he's due positive touchdown regression. So you're getting... 300 touches, 1,200 yards, and last year on a 17-game basis. In the, what round are we in? Eighth round? Ninth round? Ninth round. Ninth round. 102. Stupid value. Like, what are we doing? Like, how is he <laughs> How is he that low in standard? In PPR, I can half get the point because he's not getting the ball much. He's got... I, you know, over 17 games, he would have got 13 grabs for 85 yards and a touchdown. But in standard? Come on! You only got me a ninth round pick in standard. Like, that that would rank me as like a 13th round pick because I'm, and I don't even play in the NFL. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> get out of here. Like, absolutely extreme value in the ninth round. Yeah, let's have a guy with 300 touches and 1,200 yards go in the ninth round don't know yeah and i mean it's not like we didn't know why it's not like the four games was as you say a soft tissue issue it was at the start of the season and it's because he got shot i mean the guy got shot and came back in four games that's mad like that's absolutely mad if this doesn't prove how good this guy is like i don't know what does 
Jimmy yeah. Brian Robinson Jr. In uh, PPR, uh, I'm taking the gamble here, Michael Thomas. Pick 97. He's going as a wide receiver, 41. Yeah, okay. It could bust. Into the ninth round, I don't care. I don't care. If if it busts in the ninth round, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm genuinely trying to win a league. But if he, if he is 80% of the guy that was the wide receiver one two years in a row, guess what? You're still getting a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Like, like if he's if he's seventy percent, he's still a top sixteen wide receiver. Like, I'm going to take the gamble. If he's crap, he's a ninth round pick. I don't care. He's a ninth round pick. There could be a second round pick next year. Yeah, it's... like I, I get it. I get it. I can get all the reasons why he busts in the ninth round. I don't care. I no. just don't. Like, I don't. A ninth a ninth round bust pick is not going to kill your draft. Yeah. I'm fully on board with that. My my other pick is going to be Zach Charbonnet at 108. I think running back 38. Kenny Walker's not play practicing at the moment, and if he's got you a shoulder are... problem, so yeah, yeah, I mean he'll be back soon. But shoulder problems can linger, and Zach Charbonnet's playing. So I, uh, yeah, I think if you're after running back 38 as well, is frightening value. And then my round 10 pick in PPR is Khalil Herbert. The starting running back for the Chicago Bears. Yes, please. Thanks very much in round 10. Uh, no, he is. He's, he's going he's gonna to uh, be I the starting running back. Uh, I don't think he is. He is. And he might be the official starter as in he takes the first snap every game. I don't really care. I don't think he's going to have the volume. <laughs> well, that the... As long as he gets more than the ceremonial first snap, then I'm happy in round 10. Okay. Um, so round 10, uh, I've got I've got both um, both Falcons wide receivers in standard i've got bateman at 115 at uh, ppr i've got beckham at 109 um and purely because i think everyone is sleeping on the fact that todd munkin is a genius at oc and i think as you said earlier they're going to pass the ball more it's going to be a more up-tempo offense they're going to get the ball in the air more uh these guys are going to eat the only question around beckham is injury um but we saw it we saw him in the super bowl like before he went down he was elite like he's an elite wide receiver him and bateman could absolutely eat in this offense. Like, could absolutely smash it. And again, other than Zay Flowers behind them and Mark Andrews, I mean, I think there's room for all... I think there's room for three guys, maybe even four in this offense, to to really get it going. And especially as there's so much durability issues with the running game. Um, yeah, give me, give me it. Give me, give me either one. I think both those guys. I, I would recommend as a... I'd recommend taking the later one. In all cases, but I think the tenth round for a wide receiver one in Rashad Bateman. I mean, wide receiver one on his team, the alpha on his team. Yeah, give me that. Uh, I'll take that bio in standard, yeah, especially because he's the he's the deep threat over the top. So he's not going to get high in volume of receptions, but he's going to get high volume of yards. Yeah, talking of somebody who might get high volume, I'm going with uh, Chigo Zem Okonkwo at one seventeen in standard tight end thirteen. I think if you've loaded up on talent and you're getting a tight end, potentially top six tight end, uh, it one one seven. I think you you you're doing well there. And then in PPR, give me two seconds, Math. What do you think about Okonkwu this year? So I've got him in my uh, PPR next round because he's going at one twenty three. Okay, eleventh round. Would you want to talk about him as I while I find my PPR? Yeah. So. PPR round 11, I've got Thielen or, or Chig. Um, so 
Chig, I think at this stage is great value at tight end. I think again, uh, especially with Burks going down, it probably gets a big arrow up. Also, so just an interesting one. Round eleven in PPR, and you're about to find this out. There's Don't ruin only... this. Don't ruin this. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's only four players that you can pick because the rest are kickers and DSTs in round yeah. eleven and sleeper ADP. Like, what is going on? Who is taking all the kickers and DSTs in round eleven of a PPR draft? Like, why? Like, there was eight kickers or DSTs in round 11. Like, what is going on? Why? That is good. Looking at that is crazy. Why? And it's the same in round 12. It's it's just like another six. It's like, there's a massive run on DSTs. Like, if you're drafting a DST in round 11, I want to play with you. Like, I really, really want to play with you because you are doing it wrong. You're doing no, it no, wrong. We don't want to play with you. We want to teach you how to do it properly. No, no, no. I want to play with you because I don't play with people that take DSTs <laughs> in round 11 that often. Come yeah, on. Like, what are you doing? Like, so my value is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers DST at 130. <laughs> no. Uh, do I... it. Do it. Like, oh, please. I just don't. I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get I don't get why you draft Like, I've written this in the book. I've talked about it for years. I don't understand why you drafted the EST in round 11. It just doesn't matter. Like, I get... So, like, for me, if you're playing in a 16-round league, if you take a DST before round 14, you're doing it wrong. Now, I don't mind taking a DST in round 14 and getting ahead of everyone by a round, taking a kicker in round 15, or not drafting kicker, but whatever, and then taking a flyer in round 16. I don't mind that as a strategy. Because you get around ahead of everyone on ADP, then you get a top five um, DST and a top five kicker. Fine, I like. Fine, I can. I I've done that. I get that as a strategy. I don't have a problem with it. If you're taking a DST over round in, in over round fourteen or above that, you're just doing it wrong. There's no there's no value. There's no value in doing it whatsoever. And I've talked about it so many times. In fact, I wrote an article on this on ADP uh, or. I wrote an article on this in Five Rush just earlier this month about why why taking his DST so early is is dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> don't yeah. do it. Ultimately, round I don't know what people in sleeper round eleven PPR are doing, uh, but I want to play with these people and yeah. really, 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 really badly because I end up with a lot more championships this year. And what's crazy is there must be loads of people doing it for it to affect the sleeper ADP on fantasy pros here. That's just that that's. That's crazy. Mine's Daniel Jones. I know yours is as well. Huh? Daniel Jones in the 11th round is stupid yeah. value with what he's got potentially this season. Um, I think that's PPR I'm on now. Help me out here. That could well be PPR. Yeah, it is PPR. Who's your standard scoring in round 11, Muff? Um, uh, Adam Phelan. Uh, I just think Adam Phelan is a huge uh, red zone guy. Has been for years. Scores lots of touchdowns. Um, there's no one there that's going to compete with him for red zone targets. In uh, so, and that's what I'm chasing at, at that level is red zone efficiency, red zone targets, touchdowns. Um, because there's no PPR. So round twelve, fired us off quickly. I've gone with the starting running back um, for the Chicago Bears. I've gone for Dante Foreman, um, and I'm getting him. I'm getting him at a much cheaper discount. I'm getting him at one thirty six. Uh, look, Deontay Foreman is awesome. He's been awesome at every team he's been on. He absolutely killed it at the Carolina Panthers last year, so much so that the Bears signed him when they already had Khalil Herbert. There's your clue. So they already had Khalil Herbert. They let David Montgomery go out the door to the Lions. And then they thought, you know what? We don't trust Khalil Herbert to carry the load. So we're going to bring a north-south runner in who is, guess what? Just like David Montgomery. So when we had a David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert split, David Montgomery ate more than two-thirds of the time. 
into that. And then they've signed the nearest player to a David Montgomery that they could, which is Dante Foreman, and he's going to fill exactly the same role. We already know. We've seen this story. We know how it's going to roll. Deontay Foreman's going to get all the north-south work. Khalil Herbert's going to get the stuff in between, but he's not going to get much of the red zone work. Give me Deontay Foreman. Thank you very much. Two-thirds of the backfield sorted. Uh, and yeah, 12th <laughs> round in PPR, Daniel Jones. Um, if you're going to sleep on QB, Daniel Jones is about as good as you're going to get in round uh, in any round around then. Um, he, you're talking about a guy who finished top 12 last season. He's going much later than that. I think he's going to be 16, which is wild. Um, I don't get that. I don't, in any draft I'm going in, he's not going that low. But in this exercise all day long, um, I think he, he he's going to be a, somewhere between that RB10 to RB12, which is where you get that kind of much of a muchness. So 12th round, if you're going to sleep, he's not going to hurt you. And he brings that safe rushing floor. Murph. My document has stopped moving. Finish off who you've got through 12 to 16. And if I like, if I can get it back, I'll jump in. Okay. 13th round, Kyler Murray, 147th. Yes, he's going to miss some time, but effectively you're drafting a backup running back, uh, backup quarterback here. So if you are going for the two-pronged approach where you've gone late, someone like a Daniel Jones or a Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott, they bring a Kyler Murray in. He might bring that upside from week five onwards. Um, so that's why I do it. Round 13 PPR, Jacoby Myers. Again, they're going to pass the ball a lot in Vegas. Adams will get covered, and so someone else has to get the ball. Um, and since they let go of Darren Waller, I can't see the tight end getting a whole ton of work. So I think you're going to see Jacoby Myers pick up a good 70, 80 receptions this year. Easy. That's easy fantasy points uh, to pick up. 14th round, I've gone with uh, Jerome Ford. So you mentioned Nick Chubb, and you mentioned that um, Kareem Hunt's gone. Kareem Hunt's replacement is Jerome Ford. We know that um, Cleveland run with two running backs. We know durability issues with Nick Chubb. So effectively, you're going to take a efficient running back who's going to get a good amount of work, who could then potentially get all the work if Nick Chubb goes down. So you're getting yourself a standalone flex play with RB1 upside if as a handcuff in one. So uh, for me, absolute steal in the 14th round standard. Um, I've gone with Jalen Hyatt in PPR, uh, just as a flyer, I, I want to look at guys that could potentially just do damage. Now, <laughs> one of these wide receivers has to break out. Like one of these wide receivers has to do something in, in uh, New York. And so why can't it be Jalen Hyatt? Uh, he's the guy I like in this range. I think he's going to, yeah, I think he's, he's a good bet here to do something. 178 pick. Listen, uh, this um, front office has invested a wide receiver pick quite high in the draft. So, yeah, I've gone with Jaden Reed um, for the Green Bay Packers because, again, they've got the youngest uh, wide receiver core. Other than Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, they haven't really got a settled core. So, if Jaden Reed can get going early, I think he. Ah, oh, the Murph man's dropped out. Hold tight. Let me see if I can find this doc. So, yeah, we had Jalen Reed in standard. Uh, he was talking about him at Green Bay. I do think Christian Watson is the wide receiver one there, but Jalen Reed was good um, in college, and I think they, they obviously invested capital in him. Then he's got Kyler Murray at 172 in PPR. Murph is back. I'll let him finish off once he gets here. But, yeah, Kyler Murray at 172. Murph's pure upside here for what it could be top five quarterback. Please tell me you're back in the room, Murph, because you left me floundering like a fish on the dockside with seagulls swimming. Yeah, my Chrome just crashed. 
So like weird, just my whole browser crashed, but I'm back. It's good. Um, so I don't know what you heard. I, I went Jane Reed is pure upside in round 15. Um, yep. yep. So I think, you know, someone's got to come out of that wide receiver room. It could be him. Kyler Murray have talked about already uh, round 15 of a standard draft, I think is an absolute steal. Round 16 in standard is um, Justin Tucker, pick 188. So it's weird. So we talked about all the kickers and <laughs> DSTs going off the board in like round 11 in, in PPR. In standard, they're going off the board in the 16th and 17th round. Which is where they should be, should be going 15, 16, 17. That's kind of where they should be going. So Sleeper does an extra flex over your NFL league. So that's why it's 16, 17. You see the kickers and the wide receivers come off the uh, kickers and DSTs off the board in 16 and 17 instead of 15 and 16. Um, but yeah, um, so standard, very much how I would expect the DSTs and kickers to come off the board in PPR. It's wild. Don't know why. Uh, it's weird. So uh, apparently with the first pick of the 16th round, you can get Justin Tucker. In fact, he's not even the first pick of the 16th round. He's 188. So that's the eighth pick of the 16th round. Stupid. Yeah, stupid cheers. Fact. I'll have him there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Last pick. I'll take Justin Tucker. Yeah, why cheers. not? Um, but yeah, wild. Yeah. And then your last pick, you've got in PPR, you've got Justin Ross at 185. Although, is oh, he I not did. injured now? Uh, no, he's fine. Uh, well, okay. he got carted off, but I thought he was fine. Um, he may well be. I don't know. I just sort of carted off, so I'm assuming that meant injured, but he may well be back. Yeah. Um. So he was carted off, but there's an encouraging update. Doesn't look like he's going to miss uh, any time. He says he's okay. Okay. Cool. So he might miss like a week, but he's he's not going to miss time. So that was what I remember reading, and then I've just confirmed that. So he's okay. It's like Richard White. He went down, but he's fine. Um. But Justin Ross has been the darling of preseason. Someone, again, ambiguous wide receiver situations. Take someone in an ambiguous wide receiver situation and take a gamble. This late doesn't matter. Jalen Hyatt, Jaden Reed, Justin Ross. If they don't work out, you've wasted yeah. nothing. You know, it doesn't matter. But these guys could could be the lead receiver on their team. Yeah, I mean, Justin Ross, if you go back a couple of years in college for Clemson, he was considered probably the best wide receiver in his class until he had the health issues and then the real bad neck injury. And playing with Patrick Mahomes elevates anyone anyway. So if they can get some form of Justin Ross from Clemson playing with Patrick Mahomes in an Andy Reid system in the last round, it's it's like popping popcorn twice. But who's, who's the wide receiver one in, in Kansas City? Well, that's the thing. There isn't one. There isn't a consensus no. wide receiver. You can make a case for Sky Moore. You can make a case for Kadarius Tony. You can make a case for Rashi Rice. You can make a case for Justin Ross. You can make a case for... for I don't think you can make a case for MBS, but I'm sure someone can. But Maybe. I think you can make a case for the other four. So why, you know, I think Justin Ross, you know, again, last round pick, it doesn't work. Hey-ho. Who cares? draft that kicking you were supposed to draft exactly that <laughs> you know like it doesn't matter like people get so pent up on every pick has to count do you know what look at look at all your teams that have ever won and then look at the teams that you've drafted very very different always different every year the first five rounds really important that you hit those picks after that take some shots like if it works you'll probably win your league if they don't work you've got plenty of time to recover yeah that was uh, that was one hell of an exercise, Murph. I was definitely underprepared for what I thought I could I could do there, and it, I challenge anybody to 
go and do that exercise without being in draft mode because as mm. soon as you've made a first round pick you're automatically thinking well what should i do in the second as opposed to looking at the straight up value and who you think is high and low at that position and that was difficult for me to try and separate the two but then what i would also then say the result of this so if you complete this exercise and you do it you will start to build your teams differently because you'll be more aware of the value you'll get later on. So when you think of your roster construction, you'll actually think, well, there is good wide receiver value later on. So maybe I'll go more running back heavy or actually I've been going to running back heavy at the top. And although there's good uh, running back uh, wide receiver value, there's some phenomenal running back value later on. So maybe I could take one less running back and go and get myself a Brian Robinson. Um, Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Like well, not for because that'd be that'd be a mistake. Like I can't advocate that. But but you could get yourself, you know, like for example, you could realistically start off with a hero RB. So you take one of Barkley or Henry or someone at the top, right? Um, just you know, Jonathan Taylor, right? And then you could skip running back for a few rounds, pick yourself up Damian Pierce in round five, pick yourself up Rashad White round six or seven, pick yourself up Brian Robinson in round nine, and all of a sudden you've still got a pretty tasty running back core, right? Um, yeah. where you only need one of those three to to get into the top 20 and you've nailed your draft strategy. So like I I think for Hero RB, this, this strategy pays out quite well. I also think grabbing two elite running backs, then stocking up on wide receivers and then getting a couple of those guys late also works as a strategy. So I think there's a lot of different ways that you can pan this out. I think you need a bit of injury luck either way. But I think the reason I think this exercise is good is you're starting to look at where you're going to get potential value steals uh, later on in drafts. And then that might change how you rank and build your teams. And then you might have to reach for these guys. So you might have to, if you go, right, I'm really set on getting Deontay Johnson, you might have to get him in the sixth round. You might have to get Chris Godwin in the fifth round. Um, you might have to get Damian Pierce at the end of the fourth round. But that's fine. You can take a small reach there to execute your strategy if you don't think the guy's going to make it back. So I, I yeah. advocate for that. We have had a question come in, so we'll answer that and then we'll wrap. Um, I have the three spot, 12 team PPR. Should I draft CMC, T Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill? Um, I I couldn't take Tyreek Hill at three. Is, is he currently, Daniel, if you are watching, listening currently, uh, are you on the clock at three? And who's gone? So who's gone at one and two? I assume that it's um, Jefferson, Jefferson and Chase, and, and Chase is what I or Jefferson and Cup. I think if Cup's there at three, I'd take Cup. Yeah, I, I would take Cup over the others. But in, if I had the PPL. choice on the screen, I take CMC. I I think Tyree Kill is an elite player, but I don't think I could take him at three. I think you can take him at five at six. But I, I don't even have him as my top three wide receiver. Yeah, of the two, of those two, I'm taking CMC. But if Cooper Cup is there, he would be my punch too. So the reason why I do this as well is because I think you can get Devontae Adams potentially on the way back. Or if you're not getting Devontae Adams, you can get yourself, um, you know, there's a good number of wide receivers there. You might get yourself uh, CD Lamb uh, might be there. Stefan Diggs might still be there. Um, so I think you're going to get and Devontae Adams might be there. Um, you know, again, depends on your platform, your ADP, who you're playing with, all those sorts of questions, right? But if you're looking at that range of like uh, 20, uh, 18 to 20, um, 
you know, Amara St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, as I said, Devontae Adams should, should be there. Um, yeah, there's a good there's a good few options there for me, more than than potentially like I don't think that's a big drop off to Hill. I think it's a drop. I, I if it's Adams, there's no drop off for me. I think they're they're about on par. Yeah. Everyone else thinks it's a small drop off. Whereas I think CMC, the gap between him and who you're getting PPR there, unless it's Jonathan Taylor, I think is significant. Even if it's Derek Henry, I still think it's significant. So yeah, yeah, lock in CMC. There is injury risk, but if you want to win your league, you got to take the risk. And hope no one else is listening in your draft to take Devonte Adams before it gets back to you. That's the yeah. advice we get. Absolutely. Well, there you go, Rush Nation. That was uh, ADP best draft picks by round. Enjoyed it, Murph difficult to get out of that mentality but i think i have learned from it in the process yeah i think i think you've got to do it i think every person attempts to do every time everyone thinks of anything they think of it in draft mode this is what i would do but you've got to break that cycle right because then that again this is how you build consensus and groupthink. you just do what you always do you've actually yeah. got to break that as you say you've got to break that draft cycle look at things differently look at different perspectives and if you do it yourself, you're going to think differently. And I think that's the purpose of this exercise. I got a lot from it. You got a lot from it. Other listeners should do uh, should do as well. I would be interested to hear our listeners' takes on this. If you want to ping them over on a doc or whatever or email, um, yeah, do that. Uh, or Twitter DM. Details are there. Just get in touch. There you go. Details are there if you're not watching. Please do come and join the party because you can leave a comment and get involved with the pod life as it is happening. If you are listening, as always, it is at Murph underscore NFL. If you do want to send over your thoughts and queries on this, follow the pod at Five Yard Rush on Twitter slash X, depending on what you fancy calling it these days. Want to support the pod? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Five Yard Rush and join one of the tiers. I think there's one for £1 a month over there and you get to join Murph's WhatsApp group. The website is buzzing. Murph's dropping stuff. Other people are dropping stuff. The college team are putting stuff out. So 5yardrush.co.uk. Anything else I may have missed off the list apart from Khalil Herbert being the starting running back in Chicago? I don't think so, Rush Nation. That's going to do it for this week. That battle will continue on into the season. And as always, do not forget, keep Deontay Foreman forever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.